There one more time. Let's offer that up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. We glorify you, God. Hallelujah. It's because of you that we live and we move. We have our being, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 You thankful unto the Lord tonight? Has he kept anybody? Has he blessed anybody? Has he redeemed anybody? Has he set anybody free? Hallelujah. Then let's live like it. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm free. Thank God Almighty. I'm free at last. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the house of the Lord today. Uh, I can't forsake mentioning uh, what today is. Uh, for my wife and I, today is our 12th wedding anniversary. Uh, we've been together 16 years. We were high school sweethearts. She was a sophomore in high school and I was a senior. So that was, that was kind of borderline no-no back then, you know. Uh, but I'm thankful for her. <laughs> I'm thankful for her, all that she puts up with, and all that she does for our family, the many, many sacrifices of uh, dealing with our tyrant of four kids at times, thankful for what she puts up with and does uh, with them, our four beautiful kids, Samantha, Nolan, Milo, and Elliot, age, age range down from nine to 10 months, so pray for us, pray for us, we need all the prayers that we can get. In that category, uh, don't pray for patience. God's given us plenty of that. Uh, so, uh, in Jesus' name. I want to first uh, give honor tonight to your pastor. Pastor Eddie Robinson's been a great blessing to my wife and I and my family. Uh, some of you know, some of you don't know, but they came, Brother and Sister Robinson came into our life uh, after the Carsons and it was ordained by God that it took place the way that it did, and uh, we were in a very uh, hurtful situation, a very bad situation. We had just suffered a great loss that is not fun for anybody to go through or anybody to face, but God saw fit to join us to some folks and to a church here that has been a great blessing to us. I want to give honor to Bishop Parnell and Bishop Carson as well. I just want to communicate to this church. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to take a bunch of time to give accolades and recognition, but I want you to recognize from the outside looking in a little bit, okay? I want you to realize something from the outside looking in. It is a great honor and blessing, and it says a whole lot about your pastoral staff and your leadership that you have three generations of ministry represented in this church. I give honor to your pastor and your leadership for accomplishing that. Uh, oftentimes, it does not take place that way. Uh, for whatever reason, it, it doesn't happen. But I just want to give honor to you all for that great blessing and uh, the leadership that they can give and the wisdom that they can pour in. And, 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 you know, it might not be as in an active role as it's been in the past and leadership, but uh, I'm sure they throw some things out there here and there to Pastor Robinson and, and are a great blessing to him. And I believe in giving honor to our elders. If it wasn't for the ministry of my own grandfather, I wouldn't be here today, wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't have the confidence to do what God has called me to do and to carry it out even in the face of great anguish and pain and moments and times. But we're not defined by our pain. We're not defined by our turmoil. We're not defined by what we've faced. <laughs> but God renews us. He sets us free. I'm so thankful he gave me a new name. <laughs> so thankful he gave me a new name God is good I want to give glory and honor to God as well he's been so faithful to me throughout every situation 
you know, when you don't have a friend, when you don't have anybody to turn to, he's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Not like a brother, closer than a brother. I'm thankful that God moves the way he does. Thank you so much also, I don't want to forget to say this to uh, your youth pastor, Pastor Mike, and the youth group that has been coming over and blessing us, and the folks that came today to help with Sunday school. Thank you so very much. You have no idea the injection that puts into our local church body and what that does for us. Thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful staff. Brother Gothra, I mean, I I could go on and on. I don't want to continue to deal in that. But I'm so thankful that God connected me with each and every one of them. Let's go to the word of the Lord tonight. We're going to go to Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 38 is where we're going to begin in the reading of the word of the Lord today. Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 38. Comes in kind of in the midst here in the scripture, but it was important for me to pick up in this spot. It says, nay, in all these things, we are more. Somebody say more. More. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you put your Bibles down, I want to talk about this thought tonight, and we're going to pray in just a moment over the word of the Lord, but I want to talk about this subject tonight, not created to retreat. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, God. Lord, we're thankful, God, that it purges us, God. It blesses us. It touches us, God. Lord, I'm thankful, God, that it cuts out the things that should not remain, God. Lord, in Jesus' name, there's a cutting away that takes place in the heart of every man, woman, and child that will allow, Lord, your spirit to move in their life. God, I pray, Lord, that the seed of your word, Lord, tonight would fall on good ground, Lord. Lord, that it would grow and bring life, God, that it would spring forth and bless every human heart, God, every person represented in this sanctuary, God, and online alike, God. I pray that you'd move and have your way, God. Lord, we're thankful for what you've already done in this place, God. Lord, what's already been accomplished, God. Lord, we're thankful for the victories, Lord, that have come. Lord, the victories that have been promised already in this place. Lord, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful and thankful for your touch, God, and who you are to us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen Amen and amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord tonight. In the name of the Lord. Not created to retreat not created to retreat. Some things that come to mind as I was sitting there, as I, I, you know, I, I started to toil with some different situations and some different scenarios and the scripture and the word of the Lord where there is a circumstance of a turning back and there's a circumstance and I'm not talking about repentance tonight. I'm not talking about turning away from your wicked ways and going towards the Lord, but I'm talking about a turning back for retreat. I'm talking about a turning back to give up. I'm talking about a turning away to let down and to lay some things down. That's what I'm talking about tonight and something that kept plaguing me in my mind as I began to worship tonight. And I, I never really thought about it this way before, but, but here they are, and it, it's, it's Lot and his wife, and they're departing out of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they're, they're going their way, and the angels had to go and get them because they didn't willfully leave the area that God was going to put judgment upon and, and to destroy, and they knew that that was about to take place. But there's a circumstance their departure that takes place that I think gives us a great window into the fact that we weren't created for retreat. And what takes place is ironic because Lot's wife, it doesn't give you her name, it doesn't uh, lift her up, it doesn't exalt her, it doesn't even pay her much mind, but it says that remember, the scripture says to remember Lot's wife. 
Why? Because she turned back to look back to where God brought her from. She didn't understand that God did not create her for retreat. God did not create her and save her and bring her out and deliver her just to go back to what she had always been. <laughs> God brings us out to set us completely free. For he that the Son sets free is free indeed. It's a complete work. Jesus himself was caught in a scenario that one could set back. Many could find a seat and set back and say, oh, well, you only did it halfway, God. He begins to touch the blind man and he begins to heal him and he says, what do you see? He says, well, I see men as trees. God said, wait a minute. I ain't done. Because I didn't create you for retreat. I didn't create you to go back to the same turmoil. I didn't create you. I didn't begin a work in you. And I didn't begin to touch you to take you back to what bound you before. I didn't bring you this far to leave you in the midst of your situation. Maybe that would have been good enough for the blind man. Maybe he would have found himself sitting down and saying, all right, okay, I'm good with that. Man, I've never seen anything for a very long time. I've not been able to look and see. Maybe he, would, he should be satisfied with that. And some of us are. We sit down and we find a place to rest. God, you moved in my life. You've touched me just a little bit. That's enough, God. I'm satisfied with that. But there's so much more. God wants to say to you, don't look back don't go back don't look back go forward keep going keep going keep going keep going don't look back don't retreat don't give up never surrender <laughs> oh friend if we could understand if we could understand all that God really wants to do in our lives I grew up in a youth group of 35 to 50 kids that served God, that we went and we, we did everything together. We traveled together. We, we did all these trips and, and we were a part of the body of Christ. And as I started to age out and I started to grow up and I started to get out on my own, you know what? There's very few left from that youth group. There's very few that have stayed true. Why? Because they looked back. Why? Because they retreated from what God had done in their life. Why? Because they turned away. They lost their focus for whatever reason. They turned away from what God planned for their life. What God had set out to do and to complete. God doesn't start something not to finish it. Did you hear me tonight? God doesn't start something to not finish it. He's not going to leave you in the situation. I know it's hard sometimes. I understand it's a struggle. Sometimes just to come and plop down on the pew, it's hard. It's a struggle because life gets to you. The devil wants you to get distracted. He wants you to get satisfied. He wants you to feel like you're less than. He wants you just to be satisfied with where you're at. But you're not made for retreat. God didn't create you for retreat. He didn't turn you or create you to turn and look the other way and to run the opposite direction to leave what he began because if he starts a work in you he'll complete it. He'll complete it. He'll complete it. Hallelujah. To retreat means to withdraw, to go back or to retire. Guess what in the kingdom of God there's no such thing as retirement. Look, I get that's not popular, but it's the truth nonetheless. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God. As long as we're breathing, as long as we've got life in our body and breath in our lungs, guess what? Don't turn back. Don't look back. He Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've come to remind somebody tonight that God's not done with you. You might feel beaten down. You might be tattered and bruised and scarred and beaten. And, and the further that you go, guess what? We've all been there. But you go a couple steps and you feel like you go more than that back. God, what's going on here? What's happening? 
You told me to go this way. Why, am I, why do I feel like I'm going backwards? Why do I feel like I'm going in circles? Why has it been 40 years, God, and you gave me a promise, but I've not reached the promise yet? Don't look back. That was their problem. The children of Israel kept looking back to what was. It was captivity. Don't look back to the world. Don't look back to the people of the world for your satisfaction. Don't look back to them to help you with things spiritual. They don't even understand things spiritual. Don't you know that those that function in the spirit are the ones that understand the things of the spirit? Those that work through the flesh, those that only understand the fleshly things, they can't comprehend it. Don't go to the world for advice, young people. Don't look to somebody that's not spiritual to help you through your situation. Adults alike, same way, we're not exempt either. It's not just for the young people tonight. Don't go to the world for your advice. If you went to the world for your advice, you'd still be shut up in your house never coming to church. It's nothing like being with the people of God. <laughs> you weren't created to retreat. That includes your home. <laughs> That's not popular today. Oh, man, you don't understand. I feel the Holy Ghost right here in my home. God's moving. He's having his way. Man, I feel him like never before. The Holy Ghost is moving in my house. Man, I, I, I log in and I watch online. That's great. It's a great resource. I'm not berating or attacking that. Please understand my heart tonight. I understand it's a mechanism and a tool that you all are using and you're reaching people, you're touching lives and people are being delivered. People are coming to the church because they watch what's on the internet. I understand all that, but it's no substitute. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That much more as you see that day approaching. Right? More so. More so as we see that day. Has anybody looked around? Has anybody seen what's going on in our world in the turmoil? Guess what? We're coming to a close. If nobody's told you yet, the end is near. God's getting ready to call his bride home. Do you still believe it? want us to understand a few things tonight about this aspect about how we weren't made for retreat what do we identify with retreat the white flag is surrender listen to me tonight never surrender don't give up don't give in even when you feel all alone don't give up and don't give in. Second Timothy 2 and 4 puts it like this. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. In case nobody told you, you were chosen to be a soldier of the kingdom. Each and every one of us was called out. Our selection card was made. I remember when I was 18 years old, I had to put my name in for selection for the military in case they did that again. I remember wondering if it was going to happen. This is the kind of army you want them to pull your number. You want God to pull your number. Why? Last time I read the, re the last of this book, said we win. I want to be on the winning side. I don't know about anybody tonight here, but I want to be on the winning side. One of the first facts of war is to make sure you don't get distracted with lesser affairs. 
That's what the scripture's talking about here in 2 Timothy. Don't get distracted with things. Don't get distracted with people. Don't get distracted with all the noise because it's so easy today. It's so easy in the day and the time that we live in. We probably hear more noise than anything. Right now, <laughs> we're thinking about what we gotta do tomorrow. Don't get distracted. Why? Because in the midst of your distraction, what comes down? Your guard. You give place to the enemy and he begins to enter in. The enemy of your soul, his attempt is, attempt is to trip you up, to distract you in the midst of war. He doesn't even want to do battle with you. Do you understand that? He's scared of you. He's worried about the spirit that lives inside of you because he knows his doom. He knows his place. He knows where he's going. He doesn't want a war with you. That's why when we speak the name of Jesus, when we call out the name of Jesus, every demon has to tremble. Everything has to bow at the mention of his name. But what happens? I, I forgot about this. I forgot about where I used to. I forgot my luggage back there. Let me go back here. I forgot the things I laid. Ah, man, I got this one thing I might actually need. We were made to retreat. We weren't created. It's not in our nature. It's not in our spiritual nature. Yes, it's in our physical nature. It's within our fleshly desires and who we are to go back. Why? Because it satisfies the lust of the flesh. Distraction is a tool of the enemy to gain the ultimate victory. How do we know? How do we understand that we're at war? How do we identify the aspect that we're at war? Well, in case you didn't notice over the last year to year and a half, we're at spiritual war. The devil has attempted over and over again, and it's not a new tactic to silence the voice of the church and the body of Christ. Because if he shuts up the voice, guess what? There's no more praise. Guess what? He knows that seventh time around Jericho's walls, those walls are coming down. And if you're active and you're alive and you're moving forward, guess what? If you're praising, if you're worshiping, if you're not distracted, turn it back. He knows the victory's coming. I'm going to see a victory for the battle belongs to the Lord. But the problem is, a lot of times, we try to fight it on our own. Ah, been down this road before. I faced this before. I, I've dealt with this kind of thing, and this, that I recognize the spirit. I understand it. Lord, help us. Ephesians 6, verses 11 through 13, give us a good reason and a good account for the attributes and the aspect that we're at spiritual war. Paul instructs the church at Ephesus. He says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore take you unto you, excuse me, the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. Having done all, 
stand. Guess what? When you don't know what else to do, dig your feet in the ground and stand. When you don't know where else to go, where to turn, what you should do, stand. What should you do when turmoil comes your way? Stand. What should you do when people come against you and they berate you and attack you? Stand. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Help us to stand, oh God. Help us to stand, oh God. Help us to stand, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It doesn't take much effort to stand until you're going through something. I'm good. Till the attacks come. That side, that side. The attacks come. Makes it a little more difficult to stand. When David was faced with the enemy of all of Israel, the giant Goliath stood cursing and berating all of Israel. Now I want to point out there's a distinct difference between his perspective and that of the rest of Israel. Oftentimes we find ourselves falling into the same categories or the same traps it wasn't the fact that David had conquered a bear it wasn't the fact that he conquered a lion it wasn't the fact that he just generally endured great hardship and pursuit of enemies against him it's because David understood he wasn't created to retreat when his brothers and all those in his midst, they saw the stature of the enemy. And oftentimes you and I find ourselves in that very position in our lives. The spiritual enemy seems so great. I find myself in Logansport, Indiana sometimes. God, the enemy seems so great. There's wickedness all around us. Sometimes I feel like I'm spinning my wheels and I'm not going anywhere. This enemy's so tall, God. He's nine and a half feet tall. I can't touch that. I can't do anything with that. Oh, but my child, I, I hear him reminding me, you weren't made to retreat. I don't care how big the enemy is. I don't care how great he is. I don't even care how many times you faced him. Over and over and over again. But I didn't create you for retreat. I created you for victory. I created you for victory. Hallelujah. Proverbs 21 and verse 31 puts it like this. The horse is prepared against the day of battle. But safety is of the Lord. Where do we find refuge, shelter, and strength? Where do we find safety? I talked about it this morning in Bible study. In our morning service, it's only in the presence of the Almighty. It's the only place you can find safety. That's the only time that you can run and go over here or over there when God leads you. But don't retreat. Never surrender. Never look back because there's safety in the Lord. <laughs> He's prepared a horse for the day of battle. He's preparing it right now. <laughs> because that day is coming. Oh, so soon. When he's going to call his church home. Are you one of those? Do you have the blood applied to your life? Yes. Yes. If you experience salvation, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling to the gift of the Holy Ghost, but greater than that, are you active and not turning back? Yes. 
First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 23 says this, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What am I saying? He's gonna preserve you anyways if you'll just rest in him. If you'll just keep walking. Dory says it on Finding Nemo, just keep swimming. Just keep walking. Just put one foot in front of the other. I carry mail during the the day as my employment. I've had days I haven't felt so good. I went in and would carry the mail on my route and I'd just close my eyes just the only relief I got being sick at times or going through some things or, or whatever the case may be. But you know what? I kept walking. This race is not to the swift, but it's to those that endure. Those that endure. Those that endure. Until what? The end. I don't think the end's come yet, do you? So just keep enduring. We weren't made and created for retreat. America, 1975, found itself in a very peculiar situation. The U.S.-backed Republic of Vietnam, South Vietnam, fell to the invading military forces of the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, or Communist North Vietnam. Two years after the withdrawal of American troops in the wake of the January 1973 Paris Peace Accords, America's troops pulled out and its subsequent drastic cuts and economic aid left the South Vietnamese military weakened and on its own. When North Vietnam cynically violated the peace agreement in early 1975 by launching a massive invasion, the nearly 300,000 North Vietnamese Army troops, 1,100 artillery guns, and over 300 tanks crushed the South Vietnamese defenders in barely four months of conventional combat, achieving ultimate victory in the Vietnam War. Although American combat troops were not directly involved in the South's final crushing defeat by falling, failing to prevent the Communist North's victory, The United States, after years of costly effort that included a decade-long major military intervention and 58,000 American deaths, had lost the Vietnam War. Over the past four decades, legions of historians, analysts, and pundits have put forth various reasons to explain why America lost the war in Vietnam. Many blamed what they claimed were General William C. Westmoreland's inappropriate combat tactics in the crucial years of 1964 through 1968. His emphasis on enemy body counts and conventional operations instead of implementing effective counterinsurgency policies. Some blamed the media. Huh. Sounds familiar? particularly their egregious, flawed reporting of the 1968 Tet Offensive that gave the false impression that the North Vietnamese battlefield disaster was a communist victory, thereby helping America turn, or helping to turn America public opinion against the war. Others simply claimed the war was unwinnable from the outset, citing the corrupt and up South Vietnam regime as unworthy of American support. Although a number of factors and influences, domestic and international, contributed to America's defeat in Vietnam, the overriding reasons the United States lost the war 
was one that often fueled na the nation's losing military efforts throughout history. The fundamental error and strategic judgment called refighting the last war. When you do the same thing the same way, expecting a different result, what's that the definition of? Insanity. So not only should we not retreat, but we shouldn't keep using the same old tactics, the same old strategies, the same old efforts. We often find ourselves fighting the same battles over and over and over again. Still feasting on the milk. Never growing up and getting to the meat of the word. Never getting to the point of the instruction before the scripture that I read tonight in Ephesians. Never taking on the whole armor of God. You see, I haven't got to my focus yet. Many have preached and many have taught that as you and I or someone in the church or the body of Christ join arms, that's why there's no defense to our back. In the armor, there's nothing for the back. But I would dare say it's much different than that. Or in connection with that, or in conjunction with that, Take it as you may. But I believe it's because we weren't made for retreat. What do we do? We expose ourselves. There's nothing back there. We might be looking over our shoulder to, to wander and to worry about what's coming our way, but guess what? We're defenseless. Sure, your brother and your sister can lock arms. Sure, they can help protect you for a while. But if you keep going the other direction... If you keep walking the other way, they can only help you for so long. Because we weren't made to retreat. We weren't created for retreat. We were created to stand the test of time. That's why man was, mankind was intended to live forever before sin entered in. Because we weren't made from the original intent to retreat. He didn't put a bone in our body to go the other direction, to retreat. We wonder why so many fall, why so many fall to the wayside. It's because they keep going that direction. When's the last time you reach out to somebody who's going the wrong way? When's the last time you locked arms with your brother and your sister that you see struggling, going through something? Come on, my friend. You can do it. You can make it just a little bit farther. There's going to be some rest up ahead. Jacob's well's up here. You can get some water up here. You can get some sustenance and some food up here. Just come on. Keep going a little while longer. I want to remind us of that tonight. You can make it. You can do it. If you'll just endure. If you'll just endure. Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong. It's not in your strength. It's not about you. It's about who lives in you. Neither yet bread to the wise nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill but time and chance happeneth to them all. Some things are common to man. You're going to go through some things. You're going to hurt. You're going to struggle. 
But just keep going. Just keep walking. Just keep praying. Look, I know you've prayed the same prayer for the last 30-some years, but pray it another time. Why? Because the next time could be when God breaks through. The next situation you're praying over could be the time that God brings the victory. That's the presence of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Does anybody need the victory in the house tonight? Does anybody need to be set free? Hallelujah. 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 Don't get this out. Put it up. Put it far away. As I come to a close tonight, I want to I don't want to forsake this scripture tonight. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verses 15 through 17. I hope I'm not been too long tonight. Don't turn back. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 15 through 17 says this, and he said, hearken ye all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, When he says something, we better listen, right? Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Some battles aren't yours to fight. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. The foretold unified nation. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Some battles aren't ours to fight. We're just there to stand. We're just there to be in, at attention. We're there to be ready, to be prepared. To have the armor on. To have the sword of the spirit in our hands ready for battle. But you might not use it. Be instant in season. And out of season. That's why. Because the devil and the attacks of the enemy aren't always going to come when you expect it. Just when you think things are going real good. Just when you think that nothing could go wrong, guess what? He loves those moments. But don't retreat. Nonetheless, don't turn back. Don't look back. 1 Corinthians 15, I believe it's 
verse 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why? Because everything that we do for God is going to last forever. Nothing that we do in this world is going to last. It's all going to be as wood, hay, and stubble. Sure, it looks pretty now. Sure, it looks appealing. Oh, man. It looks nice. But it's all just going to burn. We weren't created for retreat, church. I came as a reminder tonight to you to not quit. Some of you have not picked up the sword of the Spirit in a long time. Pick it up again. Some of you have not put on the shield of faith or put it in front of you or the breastplate of righteousness. Put it on and dig your heels in. As the enemy comes against the church, as he comes against you and I, take your heels in. It's not time to look back. It's not time to look for another way. I don't want a watered down gospel. I don't want falsehoods. I don't want pop and circumstance. I want the unadulterated truth of the word of God. Keep up the fight. Keep up the fight. Keep up the fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and worship him? Hallelujah. Lift up the head that hangs down, O oh God. Lord, lift up the weary hands, O oh God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's folks in this place that are struggling. There's folks in this place that are going through something. Don't retreat. Don't look back. March forward. Hallelujah. 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 I want to open these altars tonight and I'll turn it over to your pastor. But look, I don't want just anybody to come. <laughs> There's some folks that have been suffering some beratements of the enemy. He's been whispering in some ears. Look, I want to be the first. I, I'm not the first. <laughs> and I won't be the last. But I want to tell you, God's, God has some great things in store for this city. I feel it. I know it. I knew it from the first time I came through your guys' doors. But there's some folks in here, you've let some things come in your ears. As you've begun to move forward and as Pastor Robinson's began to give you the vision, as he's been, been uh, pushing you forward and as, as Brother Gosra and all your leadership staff, everybody, everybody's been pushing you forward and propelling you, you've let some things come in. You've let the enemy lie to you. You've let him build up some other things in your life. If you're in the midst of darkness, you're in the midst of the cave, God's there.
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. If God's before us, who can be against us? So if you're walking through the valley of the shadow, maybe it's not death. But if you're walking tonight in that place, I want you to come. Brother Robinson, Pastor, Brother Gosra, all your staff will lay hands on you. And I promise you, you're going to see a victory. Why? Because the battle belongs to the Lord. You're not defeated. You're not destroyed. There's hope. There's life. There's joy. There's peace. It's found here. It's found on bending knee. Won't you come? Won't you come tonight? Won't you let the Spirit lead you? Let Him lift up your head. Let Him lift up your hands. I know you're weary, but He's the rest. We're in the weirier cause to rest. He's the strength when you feel the weakest. He'll be all that and more to you. Won't you let him touch you? Won't you let him renew you tonight? Maybe you've not let God touch you in a little while. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe you've not spoken in tongues for a long time. Maybe the Spirit's not entering in that way. Let Him renew you tonight. Stir up the gift. It's still in there. Stir it up. Oh God. Stir it up, God. Stir it up in this place, God. Oh, fix our eyes like Flint, oh God. Hallelujah, set our eyes on you, God. Lord, let us, fix our, let us fix our eyes on the hills. Let us look to the hills. Where comes our help, oh God? Hallelujah, you're a rock. You're our strength. You're our fortress. Hallelujah, you're our help. You're the lifter of our head. You're the strength when we're weary. Ha, ha, ha. Lord, as we bend down, lift up, God. Lord, as we come before you humbly, God, lift up, God.